You're listening to the Recoveredish Podcast. I'm your host, licensed therapist, Amanda E. White. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm really excited today because my friend and fellow sober mom, I guess, the sober mom, uh, Suzanne Werei is here of My Kind of Sweet. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I'm so excited. I, I know. know. I we, love – We just get to chat. <laughs> we just get to chat. I love that like, okay, we get to chat about sobriety but also motherhood now. Like you're in the camp. You're you're I in am. the – Oh, how is it? I am. I, see, this is what happens when a podcaster is interviewed. <laughs> and then I'm like, Amanda, yeah. thank you for being here. No, I like I as we talked before we started this. Yeah, this is going to be very back and forth, which we're excited about. Yeah, um, it's good. I mean, I feel like I have my good days and bad days as we, yes. as we all do. Um, yeah, I feel like the haze is starting to clear. Okay, because um, how old is she? She's ten months. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ten months is. I feel like, you know, I go back because I have three kids, nine, mm-hmm. almost seven, and four. And so, like, going back to that first, yeah, that first baby, I feel like I went on my first trip maybe without her at around ten months, and I started mm-hmm. to feel like, oh, like I can't. There's there's life beyond just you know, 24-7 being with this child. I also remember the first time I was like in another room than she was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. She did like – I'm separate. She, yeah. And I'm like, she survived. Like, yeah. okay. Like we could be in separate rooms. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel – I'm feeling better. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's – it's all been a bit of a whirlwind. It's a um, lot. It's, it's a lot. A, it is a lot. And I feel like we don't talk about it nearly enough. I, I always want to like I, – I, I want to, yeah, sure, celebrate when someone's pregnant with their mm-hmm. first baby and be like, oh my gosh, congratulations. I also want to be like, it will be okay. Like mm-hmm. you need to come back to these words, you know, mm-hmm. in when your baby's three months, four months, like it will get better, you know, not I, the like soak it all up and enjoy every minute. Like, no, no, no. It will get better. Totally. Totally. I feel like I'm interested in your perspective in this because I was very terrified to have a child. Like I did not go into it with any – I really went into it being yes. like, this is going to be horrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, eventually I know it yes. will be okay. But okay. I – like I had I have a lot of friends. Like I felt very prepared with that. I had friends who I really appreciated them saying things like, You may regret having a baby at first. Yeah. They were like, You may be Those like are good friends. give it back. <laughs> you you may be like, wait, where is this love when they put it on your chest? And be like, wait, ho- holy mm-hmm. shit, I'm just freaking out. Like, sure, I, do I love her? Yeah, but I don't know her. And right. like I'm just freaking out. Right. So so I feel like I was prepared with that. I wonder – because I just think it's so interesting the way like the internet has shaped things. I feel yeah. like there was such obviously needed to be a correction of motherhood will complete you. It's amazing. Yes. And interestingly, I feel like lately all the content I see is horrible. Oh, okay. Horrible. Yes. And, and scaring like, moms. Yeah. Or scaring – okay. 
Yeah. And it's interesting now because I'm much obviously less triggered by it because I can look at it and I get the context. Yeah. And my like working theory is that it's just – it's hard to imagine doing any of this stuff without mm-hmm. the context of the love of a child because no one in their right totally. mind yeah. would do it. But when yeah. you don't have that context and you can't imagine it, you're just like, this is horrible. So – Yes. I don't, what was your perspective going okay. into motherhood? First of all, I love that you said that because I always say like you can't you can't imagine like hypothetical love, right? Mm. And like my mom is like, no, I don't want to get a dog. And I know dogs are different than kids, but not really. Um, and and you know, and I'm like, well, because you're only thinking about the stuff that you'll have to do, right? Mm-hmm. You're not feeling the love. There's no love there. And love really does go a long way, especially in motherhood. Yeah. I was more – okay, so my oldest was born in 2014, and so it was really before any like – I mean, we had Instagram. TikTok didn't exist. Yeah, no yeah. TikTok. <laughs> no, right? And we had Instagram, but it wasn't – I mean, it, we didn't have, even have stories. Like I remember when stories right. came out. And so I think I was more just excited, and I was rocked. Mm-hmm. I, I I was rocked with postpartum anxiety and OCD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't realize the signs that I I had it during pregnancy. I just mm-hmm. thought it was normal nerves, right? Like mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, I've, I'm just nervous like this or anxious or having these like ruminating obsessive thoughts because I've never done this before and because it's something that's so important that I have no control over. Right. Mm -hmm. I just have to kind of cross my fingers and be like, I hope she's healthy. Um, but yeah. And so my my first, yeah, my first baby's, you know, little infancy, it was really like colored by my intrusive thoughts and feeling like I was going to uh I I it got it got very dire. Yeah. Um and and you know, I waited entirely too long. I waited over a year mm-hmm. to get help because I, I thought I could – I don't know. I guess I thought I could use logic and uh, you can't when your brain <laughs> – Right. Mm-hmm. Like you you just can't. You can't. Um, and so – and I didn't know that it was a thing. I just didn't know it was a thing. I thought that I was going crazy. Mm. And, you know, yeah. And so I then got on Zoloft and it was – saved my life. Um, and then I was able to – you know, the thing about like OCD and postpartum anxiety and, and being really that deep into it is it gives, it does give you perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and so now – and I'm still on it. Mm-hmm. Um because I realized it wasn't just postpartum OCD. <laughs> it was just OCD, guys. Mm. It's just a, a good case of OCD. Yeah. <laughs> a hefty yeah. dose. And so actually I tried to go on go off of it uh, because I was on a very low dose. And mm-hmm. so last April, because since I've quit drinking, like I don't have anxiety, mm-hmm. which is bananas. Yeah. Right? Like when you realize you're like, oh, I don't have this just like general sense of dread. <laughs> like something's going to happen. And so then I was like, well, then obviously I, I don't need this because I'm not in the postpartum 
you know, period. My son was three and I went off of it and the intrusive thoughts came back within like mm. a day and they had changed, you know, he was older. Um, but very quickly I was like, oh, okay, I know what this is. And then I just went back on, I'll be on it forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it gave me them perspective to be like, now when, when he has a tantrum or something, I'm like, oh, I could deal with this. Mm-hmm. I've been, yeah. I've been to hell. Like I can deal with yeah. this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think what's so hard when you're in that deep hole is it just like really messes with your memories and your ability to see things in the future. Yeah. And you just like completely believe that this is how it will always be. Yes. Forever. And if people haven't been there, they don't understand how much it colors and distorts everything. It's so true. It's so true. And I think that that's what I'm like, even nine years out, I'm still kind of grappling with that. Um, Because I I do think that that's where grief comes into it too, because Mm. I did lose, I did lose a lot to that, right? When you're in it and and when you don't have perspective, because you've never, you've never been there with your first, you do feel like even, even without postpartum anxiety or OCD, you do feel like, oh, I'm never going to sleep again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just never yes. going to sleep. And I'll tell you that's not true. Right. Right. right? Like I promise you, you will sleep mm-hmm. again. And like you will be able to go to bed when you want to. I'm not there yet. Yes. But I'm getting there. We're getting, yeah. you know, my oldest is nine. And like she's starting to just be like, okay, I'm going to stay up and then I'll go to bed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> You're like actually like a real – person. Okay. Yeah. Like, and so, but yeah, when you're in it, especially for the first time, you just have zero perspective on how long things are going to last. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking about the grief, how was it for your second and your third now that you knew you had it? Was How was your yeah. postpartum experience different? Oh my God. It was amazing. It was, it was night and day yeah. really. Like, yeah. Even the pregnancy, I I think just, you know, the well-worn path of having done it Mm -hmm. before, right? And so then you're like, okay, like I remember this being pregnant and I – in my first, I I just – I didn't realize the forgiving nature of any of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of – I thought like one wrong move Mm. and I would screw it up and I would like screw her up Um, and and – it's just so much more forgiving than that. Yeah. You know, and we've got more time than just that one, that one moment. Like I screw up all the time. Right. And then I go to my kids and I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I screwed up like that. Yeah. yeah. And so seeing, like knowing that and really mm-hmm. then being able to have a brain that is working like it should. <laughs> right. Like my yeah. brain wasn't broken really and like tricking me. Um, I loved it then. Mm -hmm. I really did. And I I think that is a big difference between the first and the second. And then like having a third, I didn't, I, we didn't plan on having a third. Mm. Like we were great with two. Yeah. And, uh, and then it happened and yeah, that, that really is, it feels like more magical. Mm-hmm. And I know that feel that sounds annoying too if you have one baby and you're like, oh my God, magical. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But I don't, it just, I don't know. It's all, 
it's all so confusing because I feel like you, you, when you're in it, it really does. It's a slog and it feels like it's going slow, right? Yeah. And that first baby's first year feels like 65 years. Yeah. Like it, but then the second baby's first year somehow is like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third baby's first year is like five seconds and you're like, can you just slow down? So yeah. it's so – it just messes with your mind. But yeah, then I – that's what I'm working on now is like the grief of mm. of just all of it. I'm, I'm bad with that stuff though too. I'm like so nostalgic. Yeah. You know I'm what I mean? I'm very nostalgic too. Are you too? Yeah. Have you read the book Bittersweet? Okay. No, but – my mom keeps ta- you you therapist. I'm telling you, you guys like you like band together, and then you're like, let's say this book. Yeah, she keeps telling me to read it. It's good. Yeah, it's like all about how some people are just like more nostalgic yes. essentially than other people. And I always thought there was something wrong with me because I would get like so sad after yes. like people left or vacations yes. or or like birthdays. moving. Yes. yes. Everything, even bad things, I would be like sad about it ending. Same. Yes. And yeah, it's it's very like comforting to read this book. And oh, good. You, you feel like not so crazy. And it's kind of like, no, there's just a spectrum, kind of like introversion and extroversion. There's like a spectrum yeah. of kind of people who are more nostalgic. And like the sentimentality too of like really – it's just a lot – it feels like a lot of heartbreak. Yeah. Right? But then also like I've always felt that in the moments of heartbreak is when I feel most kind of alive. Is yeah. That, is that crazy? No, I I feel that way too. I mean, I, I I sometimes I'm like, is it just because I've like struggled a lot in my life that yeah. I'm just like trained to Right. I mean, it was very funny because I felt like right before I got pregnant, I was like, things are going great in my life. I've been sober for like seven years. My business is doing well. I wrote a book. Like yeah. things are great. And like I mean, moving across the country kicked my butt. Pregnancy was the most horrible yes. thing I've ever done in my life. I had a super <sighs> traumatic birth. Um, <sighs> she was in the NICU. It was just like so much. Yeah. Um, and like business has been really tough this like this past year and stuff. And I just <laughs> and yes. I just like joked to myself. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I I was I was living like, too I, high. I, I had it all. Yeah. I got some good content coming from this struggle. <laughs> totally. It's so true. And when you're in it, it is so hard. It's so hard. Cause I I see you post that. Like that the hardest <laughs> but struggling. I struggling. Mean, no, no, no. Not even the struggling. But yes, that too, which I think is so important to share, right? Because like oh. You're not the only one, but yeah. posting that like we we do like kind of extrapolate how we feel right now into forever. Yes. And then of course it's like you're going to spiral because like holy shit, I can't feel like this forever. But you don't – yeah, you don't know how it's going to end or when it's going to end and you can't see the other side. And so, yeah. That's yeah. – yeah. It's wild how it's like – I've been back in that so many times and every yeah. – like it is like chemical. Even though you know you, that it will eventually end, mm-hmm. you like still can't. It's like when you're in pain with something too. Totally. It's like when yes. you're in pain with something, you – or whenever like I'm like this is how I'm going to feel for forever even though yes. like 
I know colds end. I know things Don't, end. No, like, when I'm sick. When yeah. I'm sick, I'm like, I literally – I will look at my husband if he's not sick and I'm like, first of all, I hate you. Also, yeah. I cannot imagine how you feel right now. I cannot yeah. imagine anything except yes. how I feel right now, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, wild. But then also when I feel good and he's sick mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I can't imagine anything except how I feel right now. And so buck up. Okay. Yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> but I turn it on him. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So funny. Yeah. The brain, the brain is a wild thing. But I agree the with brain. like the nostalgia too about just like kids. I feel like it's so – I said something the other day about how I feel like I'm in this continuous state of like grief for yeah. yesterday. Yes. It's just like my life has become this continuous state of it. But yes. it's so wild how your brain is just like, I want to be done with you right now. But like stay the same age and like I'll come back to – it's like I can only right. handle this amount of time with you. Yes. But then I miss you and I, I need space but I want to be with you. Like I truly didn't understand until having a child what mm-hmm. people meant by – how you can desperately want space and desperately want closeness at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And then, like, I think the the next layer of it is, like, all the pressure about how we should feel, right? And it's, mm-hmm. like, all of the mom guilt and all of the, like, well, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't want this time away from – from my kid or I or I shouldn't feel touched out by five o'clock and it's like well n- no like throw the shirt out like no you do yeah <laughs> and yep. so then and but that's also where wine comes in where it's yes. like it's really easy to be like oh rather than knowing like literally at five o'clock like I don't I just don't want anybody to touch me, including my husband. And I know, I know it sounds like, I know how it sounds. <laughs> but I, it makes my skin crawl. Like my mom is very touchy with me, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, and you know, she's a therapist and I've had to tell her like even before 5 p.m., just kind of yeah. all, the, all the time, okay? Like if you're talking to me like I I love to talk to you, like I definitely want to connect with you. But like you don't have to – you don't have mm-hmm. to touch me every time you're going to tell me something, yeah. right? And yeah. like that's – it was hard to – it was hard to tell her that. But I had to because it would literally make my skin crawl. And my mm. mom doesn't make my skin crawl, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. she's one of my favorite people. So I'm like, what is this? And I was like, oh, this is me just being like, oh, I'm constantly needed mm-hmm. and constantly like pulled at both literally and figuratively yeah. that that I need I need to set clear boundaries and just to be able to protect some of my physical space and my mental space. Yeah. But like I didn't know any of that when I was drinking. Yeah. Like pff, I I didn't even I didn't even give it a, give it a thought cuz I right. didn't have to. Right. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, to to continue talking about um alcohol culture and especially mom wine culture yeah. and stuff like that. Suzanne, when you think about like, can you tell a little bit more about your story of how that – like, how did being at the depths of postpartum, mm-hmm. what is that connection with drinking and wine? You know, it's so it's so interesting because I'm, I'm often asked, like, okay, is that when you turn to wine? And mm-hmm. it wasn't um, because I didn't even have the – I 
there was there was no space for it. Yeah. I was I was so busy uh trying to control my brain that there was no way I was let like alcohol wasn't even it just wasn't even a thought because I was so busy trying to control my thoughts with other things and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? And I, and I totally understand how someone could go down that path just to turn off your brain. I think I I did go into like the exercise because even now like exercise for me is a good way for me to just get into my body and out of my yeah. head, right? Absolutely. And so then I definitely like over-exercised and I was like this is I'm I'm finding that this is how it feels good not to think and so yep. great, I can do this. Um but I I didn't alcohol just wasn't a part of my journey then and and my story is a little bit different because my biggest drinking days were before I had kids you know mm-hmm. that's when I was like the party girl the binge drinker you know like we've talked about that and like yeah. the like didn't you wait you lost your grandma's necklace too right I lost a bracelet a bracelet um, but yes I remember us talking about that yes <laughs> and I lost my grandma's necklace and when when I was wasted and it was like yeah. one of the most like shameful things for mm-hmm. me right and so yeah. yeah that was really when my drinking was like at its peak. And then Mm -hmm. as motherhood came in, so mommy wine culture wasn't as as big um, when I had my first. I definitely then saw it though in my real life on play dates with my, you know, as I had my second and my third, but I was, I was very, um, and this is why my story is more about how moderation is just like hell. Because I, I, from the outside, I probably looked like I could moderate. Like I, I think I could count on like one hand how many times I got drunk when I had kids, right? Mm-hmm. And only once in front of my kid. That was Harper when she was like a baby. Yeah. Um. So it it wasn't this thing that I it I don't know from the outside it just didn't look like I lost a lot to alcohol, yeah. but on the inside. I was like, I hated it. I just mm-hmm. hated it. And then my last, yeah, the the last night that I drank, um, I blacked out, which I hadn't done in a long time. But it was, I think it was the first time I drank since I had my son. He was three months old. Mm-hmm. And I was breastfeeding, but it didn't, I was just like, yeah, it's a party. It's like a fancy party. Like we're going to go out, you know, like. Yeah. My champagne glass was never empty because the waiters just, you know, come by and fill it. So I have no idea how much I drank. Not blaming them. It was I was happy with it, right? Like I was like, this is great. And then I, uh, yeah, and then I blacked out and I had to have nursed him. Mm -hmm. And but I, no recollection. But there's just no way I I probably nursed him more than once because he was three months old and my babies nursed all the damn time. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. That that for me then was like enough to say, oh, okay, this – I don't know how to quit and I don't mm. know I – don't, I don't know anything. I literally yeah. didn't know anything. I only knew that I did not – want to feel like that again. And I, and you know, I couldn't participate in my life that day. Mm. And like I had worked so hard to, you know, find – my husband and have babies and build this life and like the fact that I couldn't participate 
mm-hmm. in it. Like I woke up, they were already downstairs. And yeah. I'm so big on like the morning and like welcoming them when they come down, you know, I, I Aww, love that. That's I, so sweet. It's like, it's just, I think it sets the tone yeah. for the day, you know? And I think I always want my kids to remember that when they first wake up and they see me, like, I'm always like, good morning. Like, I'm happy mm-hmm. to see them, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, how's my girl? And big hugs and just... I'm just – I'm big on hellos and goodbyes. Like Mm -hmm. that's – I just love them and and I didn't do that. The sentimental, nostalgic part of you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Then I'm like, what's going to make you cry when you think about me in 40 years? (laughs) This. I'm going to leave you with this. (laughs) I love it. Here's my stamp. (laughs) You better cry when you think about that. Um, Yeah. And like I didn't have that and I remember just – you know, they were all just downstairs and I was just in hell mm. upstairs in the bed and then on the couch all day. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, it didn't I'm- it didn't like daily affect motherhood, but it 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 affected it affected me all the time. And the shame was still the same. Like yeah. if I had two glasses of wine, three, if I was able to moderate successfully, I say that in like really big quotes. Yeah. Uh, the shame was it felt the same for me. Yeah. 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 I mean, I definitely relate to your story too because when I stopped drinking, it wasn't my lowest. Like I had been much lower. So sometimes I really struggle to tell my story because if you – and I worry people think I'm lying or something or exaggerating because depending on who I'm talking to, I relate to different pieces. Like totally, I can talk about being a blackout crazy drinker and doing drugs and like being super in my bulimia and like – being like losing tons of time and like yes being so unwell but then at the end like I also had periods of time where I didn't drink a ton and really you know when I stopped drinking my parents were like what why are like they thought it was like a diet and they were just like can you stop being so extreme like yeah what's wrong with you they were also very like how are you going to ever get married or have friends if you don't drink that was <laughs> like thanks guys concern. yeah <laughs> yeah it's a big concern um yeah so yeah it is interesting how um it's so true when change yes and when you say like you like depending on who you're talking to they're gonna be like you're lying like that's <laughs> but i i think about that especially like as i'm gearing up to write a book yeah to, like i'm like and, you know, my whole thing is like, no, I wasn't a rock bottom. <laughs> I wasn't – I did – I just – Yeah. It, my story isn't one of rock bottom. But then, like, I think about shit I did in my 20s. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, if they're going to come out and be like, yeah, wait, what about this? And I'm like, right. Yeah, there was that time that I punched my boyfriend in the face twice in a blackout, right? Like, oh, well, well rock okay. bottom is subjective. Is right. The and, like I once was yes. on a podcast and I was like, you know, I didn't have a rock bottom like before I drank. Like the last time I drank, I like taught yoga completely drunk. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> they were shocked by it. And I was like, well, that was not my right. rock bottom. <laughs> right. I guess it depends what room you're in. Yes, right. Exactly. Like, and it's so true. And that's what like, that's the danger of it too, of like, yeah. No one can tell you. Like, Mm. no one can say, yes, you qualify, 
no, you don't qualify. Mm-hmm. Like, y- y- and that's always my message. It's just like, no, y- you qualify. Like, I don't – no matter what your story is, no matter if your story is like one of blackouts or one of you've never blacked out. Yeah. If if you're listening to a podcast called Recovered Ish, or if you find mine and you and you click play on like Sober Mom Life, like no no no, you qualify. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No one else has to understand or totally. like sign off on it. You know, even your parents or even your husband, like they might not understand, and you might get this whole like, come on, you're not that bad, right? Yeah. That bad. Um, which I always. Ugh, I I I hate that. That's just putting the onus again on us. Totally. It's like no. Totally. But alcohol is that bad. So, yeah. Does um does your husband drink, Suzanne? Yeah, he does. How do you feel like being a mom with your husband drinking? Because I feel like my perspective has changed a little bit since becoming a parent. Totally. It's interesting too now that my nine year old is like oh. Okay, so you have a podcast. Okay, it's sober, and all of my mugs, like you know, sober shit show. Which, first of all, then she, I all I get in trouble for swearing. Like my nine year old is like, can you please not swear? I'm like, right, right, you're nine, right? Like, oh, but now she's like asking, like, okay, so you used to drink then, and like, what is okay? So you don't drink now, so you're sober, but daddy drinks, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if it's so bad mm. – and and I never – I always say we don't have to villainize alcohol. All we have to do is tell the truth. Like, I love that. That goes a long way. And mm-hmm. just tell the truth, right? Yep. But – and so if I tell the truth about alcohol, then my nine-year-old's like, okay – Daddy, did you drink, you know, on, on the golf course today? And, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, yes, <laughs> you know, I did. I, I had two Amstel lights, you know, yeah. and, and she's like, all right, but mommy doesn't drink. Why are you drinking? And so mm. there's not like a clean answer, right? And and yeah. I kind of leave it up to him and he does a really good job because he's not – we don't drink at home. Mm-hmm. He was also the party guy. Uh, yeah. Before we met, right, and then and he's he's a bit older than I am, and so he, you know, he was fine to like settle down. It's like, oh yeah, that chapter is gone. Like we've been there, done that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't miss it. Um, but he's still, he's always like, I'm right behind you. <laughs> like I am so glad I'm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> he's been saying that for like three years, <laughs> and and it's like he's still, it's you know, two beers on the golf course mm-hmm. or whatever, like I'm fine with that. And, but yeah. yeah. And so then he has to say like, yeah, no, I appreciate the question. <laughs> he's like a politician and he's like, so <laughs> I know. Question. Yeah. It's a great question. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's not a clean answer. And I think that that's okay for her. Like, and he's like, you know, we can keep talking about it. And anytime you have questions about this, like I want you to ask me because he's like, it's nothing that I'm hiding. It's not good for me. And I know that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I make sure that I don't drink a lot and all of these things, right? And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's uh-huh. funny. I, I forget about um, that, you know, my child will grow up I know. <laughs> to ask questions. No, it's so – seriously, it, it is. And it's such a – like the stuff that they notice mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it, it's it's just – it's 
hard in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Then you you have to kind of use your yeah, your brain to be like, oh shit, okay, how can I make sense of this for this little nine year old brain that she can kind of understand it? Mm-hmm. And I I don't do it well often, but you know, I think the thing that I'm most proud of probably with sobriety and and people say like how do you talk to your kids about it mm-hmm. and what's the conversation and while i i just tell the truth about alcohol just mm-hmm. like i would cigarettes yeah i think the most important thing for my sobriety is knowing how i feel and what i need mm-hmm. and just showing them a mom who yeah who says that who says i am so frustrated right now i need 5 minutes of quiet. You guys do not come in here unless mm-hmm. someone's bleeding and then they'll be like, well, like how much blood, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, enough that it's like an emergency. Um, What's yeah, an emergency? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and, you know, and then I see, you know, my six-year-old say, I'm so frustrated. Mm. I need a hug. Or, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. great. This is amazing. And just teaching them about feelings i i wasn't taught feelings like how to how to feel and what to do with them and yeah how to say what we need and so i think that that's that's been the the best for sure to come out of sobriety for me as far as motherhood or anything yeah i love that i mean i think there's so much power yes in rather than us trying to be perfect like you were saying yes right cuz i that was one of the biggest things that i got out of my sobriety was I was so when I was you know not sober I was so I was making mistakes I was being shameful I was doing things I regretted I couldn't get out of that shame and the best thing that I learned how to do was not promise that I would never mis- make a mistake again yes. but promise that I would make it right yeah and like that is kind of my philosophy like as a therapist as a parent as a wife as a business owner we can't promise perfection. We can just do the best we can and promise to, you know, admit when we mess up and take responsibility. Yeah. I I love that so much. And especially, you know, my oldest does tend to have that like perfectionist thing, Mm. right? And it's like, no, mistakes, a lot of times it's where the good stuff is, right? And like yeah. that's how we grow and that's how we learn. And then, yeah, come together, come back around and make it right. And yeah, I love that. That's huge. Um, I wanted to ask you, Suzanne, about – because you were like a lifestyle, just regular mom influencer. Yes. And then you pivoted into uh-huh. being like a sober mom influencer. Yes. What was that like going through the pivot? Because I only have known you obviously as like the sober side of you. That must have been like interesting to do personally and then online. Yes. It was – it was like a – it was a journey because when I – so I started the Sober Mom Life Instagram. Well, I started influencing on my kind of suite in 2015 when I was in – postpartum anxiety, all of that, right? Like I needed something else. And so I started that. And so I stopped drinking in January 2020. And then I started the Sober Mom Life Instagram in June 2020. And Mm -hmm. I kept them separate because I was like, first of all, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) 
right? Like I I mean that's good that you knew. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like I am not no one follow me. Yeah. <laughs> because I am still just a lot of people sometimes are like, I'm six months over, I'm ready to write a book. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> could like could you imagine what no. I was it was more of a it wasn't even like I didn't think I would have a podcast or yeah. be a sobriety and like this is when sometimes I just stop and I'm like, oh my God, five years ago even, mm. like the things that are coming out of my mouth now, I would mm. be like, have so much shame. Like, oh, don't mm. you dare say that out loud, right? Right, because like, that – like I feel like when you come from that specific brand of influencing, yes. it is very mom perfect. Like it's not like the yes. relatable influencer. 2015 was like – Totally. Perfect influencer. Yes. That was very much like the aesthetic of like perfect is the goal. And I did kind of get a taste of being authentic and opening up because I did open up about postpartum OCD mm-hmm. and anxiety once I was on meds and kind of like got my feet yeah. back under me. And so I, I really felt like this – the response was ama- – it was way better yeah. than any response that I'd get if I – shared like a cute neutral sweater, even if it was like very cute and on sale. <laughs> like it, it was clear that moms wanted that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this feels really good to normalize like needing help as a mom. But then, yeah, stopping drinking, I f- it felt like this whole other thing because I really just created this over mom life Instagram to for me, right? Mm-hmm. As a like, okay, here's – I'm just kind of going to find things that inspire me and help me. And then it started growing mm-hmm. and and it's people started being interested about my sobriety journey. And as I was learning more, I was like, oh my God, did you guys know alcohol alcohol is ethanol? Like I didn't know that. You know, all <laughs> of these things that we learn at the beginning. Um and then it it was actually a very uh specific choice that I made with my with my manager mm-hmm. on my kind of suite to say, hold on. And this was after the podcast was out. We're like, mm-hmm. what if – because it was very clear that, like, people wanted more sobriety content, yeah. right? Like, that was the thing that was growing. Like, the fashion mm-hmm. posts would, would were, like, dead on arrival, right? Yeah. And sobriety was like people were like yes more so I was like oh. what well, makes you unique I think too yeah yeah and and the, it became a decision of okay let's just go all out on really not only like normalizing quitting drinking before you've lost anything but but also just mm-hmm. kind of glamorizing it and and, yeah. and being like hey no it it can sobriety can be cool and it mm-hmm. can is it is my life glamorous? No, but like they glamorize alcohol all day long. And so yeah. if they can glamorize alcohol, I can glamorize sobriety. <laughs> and it's yeah, been fun. I love, I love it. And it's like so easy now. Like if as before, if it was like pulling teeth to be like, Ugh, what am I going to create and what content? And I'm, mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, yeah, I, it's a, it's, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that is why I really like following your account is it is very – I don't relate as much to sometimes people that are – sobriety people that are just like posting so much in the depths because it was yes. like so far long ago in my life and 
that is where I am with clients a lot of times too. Right. Yeah. Um, so I also like maybe this is an unpopular thing to say, but I say feel it. sometimes like <laughs> there's just been like an overcorrect on Instagram where it's just yes. like like, yes, we need vulnerability. We need people to share. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not <laughs> – I've been very honest on this podcast and we've been talking about, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I've not been doing great. But I also, like, I don't know. It's very strange how I just feel like there's been an overcorrect of, yes, like, we needed to add that. But it's now, like, anytime you share something positive or um, mm. a good way to look at something or – a you know, anything like that, it feels like it's like brave now to like say that you're doing well or <laughs> it's like not cool anymore. So I don't know what – Yeah. Maybe, I can't tell if that's my algorithm because I just follow like so many <laughs> therapists and like – Yeah. Like mental illness accounts. <laughs> right. So I'm interested. What right. is your algorithm? Okay. No, I know. Well, mine is actually – mine is pets and it's so funny because mine is not sobriety. Yeah. Like that's – you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. in my everyday life, like I'm not like talking about sobriety and alcohol. Yeah. I'm like literally looking at – my algorithm is Bravo and <laughs> and like dog videos. Oh, and also like 90s newscaster videos gone wrong, like bloopers. Oh, oh wow. The, that that is fun. Oh, my God. It's so fun. Those are like the best. Um. Yes, but it is like vulnerability porn. Who said that? Somebody said that the other day. And I'm like, that's yeah. totally what it is, where it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, let's meet at the bottom and mm -hmm. then kind of stew. And Or it's even like people are like, what is – instead of – I think it used to be like, let me look at my life and let me share the best piece of it or what right. looks the best. Yeah. I think now it's like, let me look at my life and see what is like the worst. Yes. And like show that because that is what gets the – like it's still right. all about engagement. And totally. Yes. That is like the problem. And I just feel like you can tell what someone's mm. – like I can just – I don't know. Maybe I think too much of myself. But when I am trying to share vulnerably, I don't come from the place of like what will do the best. I try totally. to be like what feels important to share, what maybe feels hard, what have I gotten a lesson out of that I want – that I think people would take from this. Yes. Versus – sharing from just the mess or sharing from something you think will get the most. Engagement. Yes. My take on it is different too because I love – this is going to sound like it's like random, but it's not. Okay. I love a clean kitchen. Okay. Yeah. And like that has played such an integral part in my sobriety mm. is my sacred ritual of cleaning my kitchen, right? Yeah. And And like you said, like it almost became like – yeah, like uncouth or like not not great to share like your clean white kitchen. Yeah. Like instead we want to see like a, a dirty, messy kitchen. And a mm -hmm. dirty, messy kitchen for me is – I mean that's fine if you – but for me, yeah. like and how I kind of take care of myself and my family and what feels good to me in sobriety, like my clean kitchen is like very important. It means so much more to me than my clean kitchen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that anytime that you're focused on sharing just to, I don't know, get likes or mm -hmm. to go viral or you're focused on the wrong thing for sure. I'm just – you. I have such a thick skin from influencing for so long. Like I have heard the That's worst – Yeah. 
Like, I have heard the worst things about me, like, Mm -hmm. said to me. Like, the meanest thing you could say. Yeah. Like, I have heard, right? And Mm -hmm. and I just always go back to they just don't know me. Like, even if you – and it's a good reminder for people who are scrolling Instagram. Like, even if you follow an influencer or a creator and they post stories – you know, all day long and they post every day, you still are only seeing maybe half an hour of their 24-hour day. Yes. Like you're not seeing – you're not even scratching the surface. Amazing. Well, if people don't know, where can they follow you? Where can they learn more? How can they support your work? Oh, um, come and follow me on my kind of suite on Instagram. That's where I just – yeah, you get to see me living my best sober life. Um, yeah, you can listen to the podcast, the Sober Mom Life podcast, and then the website is my kind of suite. We also have a community, like a, a membership community. So come over there. We have meetings all the time and we get to talk about all all the real stuff and support each other. And it's amazing. And it's all on mykindofsuite.com too. Amazing. Thanks yeah. so much, Suzanne. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To suggest an episode topic or support my work, visit amandaewhite.com. If you're interested in getting therapy from my practice, visit therapyforwomencenter.com. We're based in Philadelphia, but we have therapists serving 27 states across the country.